We're programmed at an early age, as I think you're aware of. Like, uh, you know, I got to go to school. I got to go to college. You know, I got to do the university thing. I've got to, I've got to participate in uh, all the things that uh, you know, as our parents in schools and churches wanted to at an early age. But I realized that. Um, I had something more to give to the world, and so I wanted wow. wanted to look at uh, you know how can I impact the world and uh, make a change, make yeah. a difference, yeah. uh, and that didn't go along with you know the program. But you know you made a really good point earlier on. You said, hey, if I'm going to be able to do my work then I have to be my own authentic self and yeah. let it shine through. Yeah. And so many people, I think back to our earlier discussion too, they said about we're programmed and we forget yeah. that we are human yeah. and we have to treat each other yeah. on the same yeah. way we want to be treated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope that's true for everybody. Yeah. In the midst of a a stressful situation, yeah. a pressure of some sort, um, you can easily tell when somebody reacts, how they react yeah. is what's inside. Yeah. I remember it was a, some That's interesting. author said, you know, hey, when you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Yeah. Orange juice, orange right? Juice, yeah. But, yeah. you know, same with a person. You squeeze them. Yeah. You got to get the real juice. Right. You yeah. know what comes out. Yeah. If it's negative and it's yeah. hateful. Yeah. Guess where you are? Yeah. You know, you need to change that. You yeah. need to, when somebody squeezes you, yeah. you got to laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, love and love them. That's, that's what we're looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, you have joined yet another episode of A Journey with Bernie. It is, I got a feeling we're up to episode 27. And can you believe I'm still here in Tokyo, although I'm about to catch the plane back to Australia tonight. And Starbucks has brought you this addition to a journey with Bernie. What do I mean? Well, three days ago, there I am just working away in one of these terrific Starbucks lounges. And I notice, let's just say one of our non-Japanese travelers or non-Japanese visitors sitting behind me. And it starts with a hello. And here we are with Keith Clark. We're not just interviewing Keith. Keith and I are actually sharing this podcast. Keith, do you realize you're part of a journey with Bernie? I had no idea. <laughs> but I am so anxious to learn more. <laughs> but your podcast, tell me your podcast is called? Get in the Game. Hey, before our listeners get confused by two podcasts happening at once, could you please explain what your podcast is all about? Certainly. Uh, well, it's, it's trying to educate lawyers um, about uh, well, various topics in the uh, lawyer field, but we're actually educating them on so many more um, things besides law, like science, and yeah, et cetera. Yeah. What about yours? I, I don't know much about yours. You what, what do you mean? I've been telling you for the last two days. <laughs> 
I, my audience has to know something. Well, my paradigm of your podcast, I don't know why it is, and I'm sure it's one of those generic things that you've caught me saying many, many times before in our previous meetings. I've got a feeling the purpose of my podcast could have some um, antithesis to what yours is about. We're going to explore that during our during this uh, this particular dialogue between you and I. Our podcast, Keith, is all about investigating through you and your beautiful work that you do, profiling jurors. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Profiling potential jurors. We're Let's elaborate on that, what that means later on. It's all about how to become a more loving human being. So, mate, I'm going to be exploring routines and disciplines, you know, actions and strategies, your view of the world through your journey of life and what has helped you to see the world in the way that you do. And I do know, listeners, that Keith has had a fascinating life and the work that he's talking about, like, wow, profiling human beings and understanding who they are, well, I think you're already starting to see what might be the overlap. Keith, I'm going to be bold here. You ask me a question up front. I've got no idea what it is. I've got no idea where this is going. But you've known me for three meetings, three days. A question from Keith Clark about Bernie Kelly, please. Please. That's my pleasure to ask that question. Um, in terms, I'm just thinking, you know, we're talking about values a lot the last couple of days, and we're trying to see, um, you know, life through your lens. What do you see in terms of uh, your North Star? What would that look like to you? That's what we're trying to establish on our side right now on some a series of content um, pieces. And I thought, you know, I wonder what I wonder what Bernie sees as his North Star. <laughs> Is that something you get a lot? Or well, it's interesting. You use the word. North Star there in terms of perhaps your, your, your business or we and what our North Star is. Um, if my understanding of your term North Star is the vision of my life, uh, my mission on a daily basis, uh, my North Star is the journey of being love. Becoming love is perhaps the journey. The ultimate vision is to be love, which welcome to humanity. My view is I'm not quite sure that's reachable, although having said that, I'm reading Sadhguru's book at the moment called Karma, A Yogi's Guide to Creating Your Destiny. And wow, he's convincing me that... Maybe being love is already within us. <laughs> if we could okay. just eliminate the blockages that we've taken on from the past, you know, maybe we, we, we are that person and that capability even now, but we just don't realise it because we allow so many things from our past. And here's a word that you'll relate to, past data, <laughs> collected from all previous experiences right. to actually affect how we see ourselves. How we shape ourselves. And the world today, you know. Right. So I'm not quite sure whether my vision is already 
achievable and fully alive within me and I just block it because I have this identity called Bernie and Bernie is this coach and Bernie is everything that he's been taught from his past. And if I actually got rid of that, who would I be? Wow. Oh, wow. wow. I go, wow. <laughs> Sometimes I wow myself <laughs> even thinking this way, you know. Absolutely. But in answer to your question, uh, it's either be love as a, as, a, as a future state or it's learning to be what I already am. Why? Yeah. Oh, well, life's just taught me to date. Love is all there is, Keith. The rest is window dressing. Yeah. (laughs) The rest is window dressing. I I mean, I don't know about you, pal, but I'm just happiest when I love life in every moment. And what a silly statement to say because I get distracted in in a lot of moments. Right. I can't be doing it in every moment. Right. But I'm far more aware of the possibilities of joyfulness and responding without judgment. Wow, um, wow. Responding with a great deal more happiness, not taking things so seriously, you know. That's amazing. Far more aware of that than I've ever been before. So that's part of Bernie's journey. It is, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and, and then has that been a slow process or is it... <laughs> <laughs> or is there something else? Oh, I just thought I, of that last you bugger, mate. I, I, I've told you far too much in the lead up to this. Now you're using it against me. <laughs> I think it's about time that happened because a few of our listeners have been writing in saying, we want to learn more about you, Bernie, rather than who I interview. You know? So that's, congratulations, that's, mate. You're filling that role. You know? yeah. Tell um, us all the, all the details we want to know now. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I would just simply say, uh, as I reflect – I reflect on the primary school, Bernie. We're talking about the one that's five years of age through till, you know, uh, 10, 11 or 12 years of age. I can't remember being handed an assignment or being given a, a piece of homework that I didn't turn into a study of Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King, <laughs> Nelson Mandela, John F. I was always fascinated. So biographies. By what, yeah, by what made people great? Yeah. By what made people the way that they, that they became or what uh-huh. was in fact their greatness. So do I thank my parents for a, uh, a level of curiosity about life and our possibilities? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know who I thank, but somewhere early on I recognise it as part of me. Okay. You know? But then in the journey of life, uh, I, I, I think I've been stunned how I could have put the foot on the accelerator to, to have learnt so much more. But you know what? Things were too good, Keith. Wow. So you got things, in your, things were too rosy. You were in your comfort zone? I, without even recognising it, you know, um, happily married, um, two sensational kids, Four of us were great, Hmm. Um, building my empire of coaching and leadership training, that going well too. And then all of a sudden, one day, it all comes to a head where some of the blockages and the hindrances that are easily swept underneath the carpet, you know, Mm -hmm. just comes to the surface. Mm. 
and uh, divorce. Okay. Knocks on the door. Okay. Uh, and let me just simply say that the next year and a half, I didn't realise what pain and chaos was until mm. that moment. Right. And in, in pain and chaos, I, it is a terrible state. Right. Um, it's a state in which you, you, you want to get out of. But if, by chance, you're still committed to the journey of life, then you've got to look for a way out. Right. And I did. So it was like a transformational time period. It was. It yeah. was without me knowing it was occurring. Yeah. And here's what occurred. Reevaluation and reflection. Reevaluation of what? One's values. Hmm. I'm not saying all my values changed. Right. I'm just saying a heck of a lot heck of a lot of them shifted. Hmm. And I reckon a few newbies arrived, you know. And out of that I combated the pain and chaos by discovering a greater capacity to love life more than I've ever done before. And that wow. is, that's a daily journey, Keith. Yeah, it, just, it seems like um, we, we all live a life of, um, you know, let's say my, I have my routine and I'm accepting of it. It feels good, feels great, you know, and but I've put all my emphasis on um, labeling things in my life that this is, this is the way it should be. Yeah. And then yeah. when the carpet gets pulled out underneath of yeah. us, it's like, well, who am I? Yeah. I've identified myself with all these things that I thought were meant to be in my life. Yeah. But you know, then you're reflecting yeah. what's important now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that question. Like who, who am I? Who am I? Because one of the discoveries is that I am who I've actually created myself to be, which doesn't mean that I am my maximum me. Okay. <laughs> be, right. be, because, um, try this for a thought, right? I've got a beautiful son who's just been in a, a world championship of fitness um, competition. And he goes really, really well at a very elite level. You know, he's uh, twenty nine years of age. Keith, guess what I was doing at twenty eight? What? I was the manager of gymnasiums. <laughs> so, so what I'm trying to say is, here's my son, so who's my virtually I've actually watched growing up, and so many times I looked at him and said, "Oh my God, I'm just watching a shadow of myself." Wow! <laughs> wow! wow. So what's my point there? My point is. Is, is he, to some degree, without him even recognising it, a product of who I am, not who he maximally could, is or could be? Right. He, he, may, he may be conditioned partly by who I am. Wow. And 
when you consider that I'm probably conditioned by who my parents was after all, my mother, she ran third in the Australian Championships for athletic high jumping. Had she run second, she might have been in the 1956 Melbourne Olympic Games. Well, hello, there's my athleticism, Gosh. you know, my attachment to it. Right. My dad was a performer. Oh, my God, have you ever seen me do my coaching work in front of 150 year 11s or year 12 students? I'm the performer. Yeah. So to, to, to an extent, I'm, I'm actually – could be quite conditioned by who my parents are. That's come through me. How much of that exists in my son, James? Right. <laughs> hey, James, this is not about you, pal. <laughs> my point is, is I've actually learned that I could be waking up each day a little bit of a conditioned puppet to all of my past experiences and even my genetic, I'm going to throw in a Sadhguru word, my genetic karma passed on from parent to parent to parent. Do you think there's a, a recognition and then the breakout from this? Well, the, the breakout the breakout is, I mean, is when I... Let go? Well, well, how do you let go of that conditioning, which is well entrenched over time? You have an experience where I said, I always believed that there was something to meditation, but I don't know what it is. So I threw myself into a 10-day silent retreat, okay. a vipassana. Now, apparently the vipassana process of meditation is what Buddha did 2,000-plus years ago oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to become enlightened. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So the process has been passed down from century to century to century. <laughs> and I'm sure in the States, you know, in Canada, in, 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 in so many parts of our world, you can link into the Vipassana process. Well, I did that for 10 days. And I know that I, I, I cheated the process at times because it was asking too much of me. Yeah, it's supposed to be 40 days. You did 10 days. Well, I did that. Excuse me, that's the Catholic version. Oh, that's okay. the Catholic version, okay. mate. We're talking about the Buddhist version, just the 10 days. Oh, okay. okay. That's enough. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the uh, compressed version, but, right? Yeah. I'll let you know that during those 10 days, I never experienced the purity of love as I did in uncluttered silence. Wow. Wow. In other words... When I had moments where I could actually keep thought and past data up there and stop it from intervening with who I am. Separating your thoughts. Separating my thoughts. Wow. Recognizing that my thoughts are only a product of my mind, they actually don't have to define who I am. And if I can keep on practicing that gift, they call it a mindfulness, a, a, they call it a meditation, but whatever is the gift of separating thoughts and keeping them at bay, then I become, oh, I'm just going to use a Bernie word, a vacuum of silence, peace, calm. Duh. May I use the word love, you know? Maybe I get in touch then with the, the spirit of who we really are. <laughs> so you're. So then you're becoming more balanced. Would you think? Oh, or, is that the, is that the word or? Is that different? I just probably think I see things. I don't know whether it's a balance. Okay. I just have more perspective on what really matters. <laughs> what matters, right? You yeah, know, that's good. Love is all there is. Rest is window dressing. Hey, yep. one must not confuse that because that doesn't mean, well, what do I do for a job? 
hello, I just only do work that is an extension of who I am. Now, I'm in this coaching business, yeah, tell me but that. I'm only going to choose to coach. And what I coach needs to be an extension of me. Please, company, don't ask me to do your agenda. <laughs> if you think my agenda is valuable for your people, then call me in. And, and I, I, I love doing that. Why do I keep on doing the podcast when there's not a cent? that's to be made out of these podcasts because it doesn't matter to me. Mm. I, oh, my God, the opportunity to podcast you. And by the way, Bugger, I haven't even pod- asked you one question yet. No, so it's coming, no. it's coming, no, it's, no, coming no. it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunity to podcast all these wonderful guests that I've had. If, can you imagine how much I'm learning? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, I and then, think- you, then you add to that, read a book every two weeks and my value is thirst for wisdom. So that actually determines the books that I read and the podcasts that I listen to. How much We're both am I alive with learning, man? You know? Hey, my turn. Yeah, 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 my turn. We were speaking about pain and chaos. Have you ever had profound events in your life that created a lot of pain and chaos for you? If so, what were they? And what was your response to that experience? Mm. Fair question. Mm. You threw it at me. Yeah, I mean, I set myself up for failure and success at the same time, uh, being an entrepreneur. Elaborate, mate. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're in a... We're programmed at an early age, as I think you're aware of. Like, uh, you know, I got to go to school. I got to go to college. You know, I got to do the university thing. I've got to, I've got to participate in uh, all the things that uh, you know, as our parents in schools and churches wanted to at an early age. But I realized that um, I had something more to give to the world. And so I wanted, wow. wanted to look at, uh, you know, how can I impact the world and, uh, make a change, make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't go along with, you know, the program. Yeah. Right. Cause you can't be, uh, you know, a musician, an inventor or something like that. Yeah. Uh, at least not in my um, program. So those things were out of the question. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, you talk about reading books. I remember reading a book, Think and Grow Rich. Oh yeah. Napoleon Hill. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, he said some things in that book, like I've never seen in any other book, you know, in school, yeah. you know, you're never exposed to that, but this guy took 50 years, whatever, to learn about, uh, some of the greatest minds or yeah. successful leaders in the world. And yeah. He got an opportunity cause he got paid by Andrew Carnegie to, yeah. to do yeah. that. And that, was, yeah. that. That was a pretty impressive, um, you know, uh, sponsor uh, yeah. that you're able to look at all these people's lives and yeah. explore. And so I said, well, if these guys can do it, so can I. Yeah. And But, you know, you're 20 years old. Yeah. Think about it. You're, yeah. you're getting hit by all these pressures and you think, hey, I can't do all these things. Yeah. And your parents are... Uh, looking at, hey, you, you've got to get a real job. Yeah. You can't be doing this or you got to, 
you got to go back to school and do X more, yeah. you know. Now, let me understand this. You're actually saying you want to actually unlearn from even those parental expectations right. and the societal expectations that define success as a certain pathway. And you're saying that entrepreneurial pathway that, that, that you are chasing, you're now questioning all that big time. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. What's replacing it? Uh, I, I, you, know, you mean today or yeah, are you talking well, about personally? No, you go back. You continue your story because well, you're uh, on the verge of telling us what was how it changed and shifted. Yeah, I mean, because the parents, you know, are always saying, well, you know, you got to go do the corporate world. You know, look at us, you know, look at your sister or your other family yeah. members or whatever and follow them. And and then I look and say, well, I can see um, how that's important to them. Yeah. They need the structure. Yeah. and But I thrive on exciting, almost like uh, it's maybe chaos. Yeah. But so the entrepreneurship world really filled that um, void for me. Yeah. I needed that. Although there's times where I thought this is way too much uh, chaos because, you know, you want a little bit of structure in your life and, yeah. and you, you want to be able to go home and say, okay, I'm done for the day. Yeah. But then you got this urge, like I got to create something Yeah. and I've got to make a bigger report so yeah. I can convince this client to come on board with us Yeah. and going the extra, you know, um, you know, edge that you need Going to that direction, it takes a lot of, um, you know, um, belief in yourself. Yeah. And that you can do it. Yeah. And I, you know, I thought, well, all these people in the past, if they can do it, reading these books. Yeah. I'm sure I can do it. I just got to conceive, believe it, and I can achieve it. That's yeah. all. Yeah. So, but, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, yeah. and, that, and the failures, people think, you know, okay, you're a loser because you're not making uh, that uh, back then, you know, $75,000 job, whatever. But Fast may, forward. May I say, even worse, we're actually listening to them and acknowledging what they're saying about us being a loser. Yeah, <laughs> so we're actually yep. taking it on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Talking more pressure, more stress. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think once you are able to step outside of that uh, program and, yeah. and get a chance to look at other opportunities but then there's people that you know i now i feel sometimes i look at entrepreneurs that people are forcing themselves to be um entrepreneurs but you can actually have a good corporate job and just live an entrepreneurial lifestyle yeah you know just incorporate those yeah. self-starting moments yeah. yeah don't wait for me to tell you what to do yeah. as my manager yeah. you know but i'm able to think about oh here's my goals yeah. this is my company's goals let me combine the two yeah anyway i i just think that was one of my early failures and yeah. pressure that i felt um, Wind the clock on. Let's come to further understanding of what you do today and its and its value. I've listened to it for a, a couple of days now, and I'm still coming to grips with it. So in your layman's language, <laughs> layman, let's go layman. what do you do today? Let's go layman. Who employs you? Why do they employ you? And what? What do you what do you offer them back for their remuneration? Yeah, well, the right now, 
I have a team of um, behavioral scientists and data scientists using uh, what we call machine intelligence. Yeah, wow. you probably hear the buzz term artificial intelligence yeah. uh, or machine learning stuff like that. Uh, but we use these tools to measure to use these tools with data um, that is around people. So if I understand um, all the data points around a person's um, day-to-day life yeah. and they can answer some questions, yeah. then we can predict how they're going to decide on, well, um, election yeah, as our presidential elections <laughs> or um, how they're going to, in this case, um, how they're going to vote in a trial. Yeah. So yeah. if you got multi-millions on the line, yeah. um, our clients are some of the biggest attorneys in the country, but also um, now we've shifted to mainstream, yeah. like meaning the middle market. And these attorneys say, hey, I've got hundreds of thousands on the line. Hundreds I of thousands of what? Dollars. Dollars, wow. Yeah. Um, now I need to, or yen, I need to know what are my chances of success yeah. and um, how am I going to frame my case to be the most persuasive argument Yeah. or what is the exact um, amount I'm going to ask for from the jury or the judge. Yeah, 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to throw back a, mm-hmm. a, a Johnny on the spot, I'm making it up, mm. scenario, and I'm doing this for our listeners because I want them to really perfectly understand the, 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 the dynamics of what you do, right? Mm. So let's say there's a, a, a case and um, it's, uh, it's about someone has created willful damage to another person. I mm. made that mm. up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a case that's going to require a jury of nine or 12 people. How many in the United, United States? What is it? It depends. It depends. Yeah, but nine or 12. Let's just say, yeah. Those. I always say 12 because I love that movie called Angry 12 Man. Angry Men yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, Henry Ford. Henry Ford? Jimmy Stewart. No, not Jimmy Stewart. Was it? Oh, my father's going to, he's going to really correct me. <laughs> I think you're right. No, it's not Jimmy Stewart and it's not Henry Ford. Don't you look it up. We'll okay. look, it'll come to us when, uh, halfway during this podcast. Mm-hmm. 12 Angry Men. Mm-hmm. So, the court or the community offers the the two legal eagles, mm-hmm. the two attorneys. Plaintiff and defense. About 100 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And out of that 100 people, 12 are going to be chosen. Mm-hmm. But each of the attorneys has the right to interview all of these. And I'm going to make this up oh, you're now. Right. You're right. They've already decided through your data that a 45-year-old Caucasian woman who's got two daughters is not an appropriate person mm-hmm. to be on this jury. Mm-hmm. So when Gladys Smith arrives and she's 42 years of age, the t- both attorneys go, or one, you, the, your client goes, thank you, Gladys, thanks for coming. No, we won't be utilising you, yeah, because the, the data they've already received uh, from you, you know. But they're allowed to use positively too the data that you've given them to be able to say that this particular person out of the 100 may indeed be very suitable for the framing 
of their case. Yeah, yeah? you're yeah. pointing, you're, yeah. you're nodding up and down. Yeah, okay. totally right. So, so in a way, you're helping your client, one of those attorneys, to select the jurors that are most likely to support their case. Right. I mean, traditionally, has been an attorney will, and you'll see this more and more prevalent every day, um, especially amongst senior attorneys, they tend to look at um, uh, what we call demographics. Yeah. You know, your, hey, where you live, what's your education, your skin color. Yeah. Makes some kind of, a, of impact on them. Wow. And even if they don't recognize it, yeah. um, they won't label it. They do. Yeah. And so we have to say, no, this person is good because these characteristics are, whatever they are, um, um, predictive of the yeah. case. Yeah. And so, but it's usually not demographics, maybe one or two variables there yeah. uh, in the typically in a case, yeah. um, but really comes down to mostly personality. Yeah. If I know your personality, yeah. I know how you're going to vote, you know, sure. and, and based on this case, uh, specific case, um, it may be a person who exhibits high, um, conscientiousness or, yeah. or maybe they're more on the extrovert side. Yeah. And if that may be predictive in the case, I'm looking for a person, a person who exhibits these traits. Yeah. And so we can, you know, teach the attorneys, look, you need to ask these questions to wow. find out if they, you know, exhibit any of these traits. Yeah. And you can do that many ways. Yeah. So. Hey, I, I could be wrong here, mm -hmm. but I, I've just got some listeners here almost throwing the question right back to my ears right now. <laughs> So the question is, in a way, are, 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 you, are you determining the potential course of justice? <laughs> in a way, you're, you're actually so specifically selecting a jury on the basis of how much they suit your client's case. Right. So you have knowledge of that case, that case, yeah, or you you have some knowledge, and you're actually f connecting the case and the way it's going to be presented with their characteristics. Is, is that not is, is that not distorting justice? By the way, I'm not trying to nail you here. Right, right, right. No, I'm, I'm no, just really interested no, no, that's in good. understanding it. That's yeah, a good yeah. question. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, you have a you have a. Um, a mandate to have a fair jury. Yeah, yeah. And I don't care what country you're in, you got to have a fair jury because those people are making decisions that impact people's lives. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so we're looking at it and say, well, if you have this kind of juror, oh, they're yes. going to lean on your side. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can't always get yeah. a person uh, off the jury, but yeah. you know what you're dealing with. Yeah, you know, you yeah. know how to ask a yeah. question. Now, just like, um, you know, I hate to bring up the bad side of it, but there's people that use it in, in nefarious ways um, in um, political elections. Yeah. Now, if I know your hot buttons yeah. and I give you a message yeah. that, you know, and the algorithm picks it up yeah. and says it over and over again, yeah. you're reinforced to do some kind of action. Yeah. You cited an example of that political... Um, synergy between data 
and voting and and the marketing of the vote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other day, Timmy, what was that case? Because I know I've, I've actually seen the Netflix documentary, oh, yeah, yeah. but I've forgotten. Cambridge what it, Analytica. Cambridge? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, they, yeah. But the, and yeah. they did everything legitimate, but yeah. what happened is at one point they – they told everybody they're playing a game. Yeah. It was an application on Facebook. Yeah. And that was wrong. They shouldn't have, they should have come out and said, hey, we're doing, um, you know, political research. Yeah. But they hit it. And Wasn't this about the Brexit vote? That was two. That was two. Definitely. That, that was another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it, it has been used supposedly adversely, or one could say smartly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Either way. Depends on which side you're on. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, of course, I'm also thinking for someone to end up actually on the jury, the other attorney also has to agree. Right. So right. you've got a client based on your data who's making a selection, but the other attorney, the opposition, also has to agree that that is a suitable candidate. So in a way doesn't matter what your data says because the other attorney says, no, thank you, that juror's not going to make it. Well, you both sides get like, uh, you know, you get uh, three, uh, let's just, they're called peremptories, okay, which, then. you know, it does, the number differs between states and yeah. counties. But let's say I've got a, um, a number that I can, I can just kick somebody off for whatever oh. reason. The other person has no choice. They have yeah. to accept it. But let's say I use all three of those up. Yeah. Then... Okay, now I got to get somebody off for cause, yeah. which means the judge has to agree that let's say this person can't be a fair yeah, juror for whatever it. reason, yeah. or they have a hardship. Meaning, yeah. hey, they've got eight kids at home; they got to yeah. they got to go home and, yeah. and take care of those kids that can't be in here. Yeah. Uh, going into this, I I was bored. You know, uh, I thought law was just you know it was just a hassle to go down if yeah. you had to go to jury duty or whatever. Yeah. And then I realized it's the most important patriotic thing you can do. Yeah. It's so important. Wow. And because our whole freedom, our whole justice system depends on people, yeah. you know, otherwise you're, you're at the mercy of some government official who yeah. may not care about you so much, yeah. Yeah. you know? I, I, I got no idea why this question's popped up in my head. Donald Trump has just announced that he's going to go for re-election. <laughs> yeah. Will such tools be used? Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, let's just talk about that. You know how per- people like that come into power. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I have to blame social media. It, it's the Double-edged sword. You know, it's got so many good pros and so many good, you know, yeah. or cons to it. If you think about it, it's, if back to the example we set, like Cambridge Analytica did, they know what you like. Yeah. They're hot buttons and they just keep reinforcing it, reinforcing it. Yeah. And they think, okay, your friends are in on it now. And then you're grouping people together to, to um, advocate for this, um, you know, this message yeah, and you think it's right because it's repeated over and over again. Yeah. So our, you know, our news cycle is not what it used to be. Yeah. Most people get their news from social media now. Yeah, absolutely. So the algorithm has taken over. Yeah. Now we're going to have to figure out how to babysit these algorithms. Wow. Because of the messaging, it could be really, you know, 
troubling, you know, it's the polarization that it caused is yeah. kind of backlash to yeah. this day. Um, you know, and who knows how we're going to repair that. Um, and there's facts after facts showing, you know, that these um, people who come into power um, are, you know, proven to be um, not fit for the job. Yeah. But people don't want to hear it. They yeah. ignore it, just like they ignore climate change. Yeah. Just like they ignore, um, well, there's people who still believe the world is square. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I, yeah. I tend to believe people that want to look at the facts and have the science to back it up. Yeah. That's what I, I think. I could be wrong, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> science. I'm, I'm aware that, that right from the start, we, we, we announced that this was to serve two, two customers, uh, um, my, my listeners <laughs> and also yours. So you, you listening particularly to my answer to your question around North Star vision being love, values-driven living, I'm, I'm almost advocating that the meaning of life for me almost comes in my challenge to live my clearly identified values not on a daily basis, not on an hourly basis, but on a momentary basis. Mm. Like I think the collective power of living all my values on a momentary basis means that I get to walk as authentic Bernie because authentic Bernie is defined by my values. It's, it's, who, it's, it's, it's who I've decided I am. Sorry, Sadhguru. <laughs> People <laughs> listening to this will get that, you know. Um, so that, that was part of my message to your question beforehand. Given what you've been speaking about and the way of the legal world and, um, and, and even political, we've just touched on that. Is there room, what is the room, where does my message fit for that arena? <laughs> I think it's a, it's, a, it's a big question and I can already see you contemplating. I just wondered whether something immediately came up for you because I know you've been interested in all of our discussions about this values-drivenness. I know there's something in it there for you, but I'm now asking, is it, is it, is it, should, it, should it enter into greater discussion in the way that we run our legal structures and frameworks? How should it enter into election processes? I think it's a big question, Keith, but I just thought I'd throw it back at you. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, you know, thinking about the values that we're trying to set forth in 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 our daily lives, in our company's mission, are we looking at uh, our work as impacting as it can be? Like, you know, hey, because I I am going to take this case to, to court yeah, and you know maybe I'm going to make 50 million 100 million whatever it is a billion um, and those people are going to receive something back yeah right but am I treating the people around me with integrity 
in that journey at the yeah. same time? Um, am I believing that I can help other um, fellow, you know, my peers in this profession, whatever it is? Um, am I getting to um, the um, not only the justice for those people, you know, in, in you know during the case, but yeah. am I doing it for? Uh, everybody around me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure about that. I, I'm questioning that a lot yeah. of times. I, I see myself running into it. They, they say that, hey, it's not what you did for me. It's 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 what how you made me feel yeah. in that process. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, that's a good question. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm learning every day. Yeah. That how how we impact people can be in our work in our, you know, daily lives. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you made a really good point earlier on. You said, hey, if I'm going to be able to do my work, then I have to be my own authentic self and yeah. let it shine through. Yeah. And so many people, I think back to our earlier discussion too, they said about we're programmed and we forget yeah. that we are human yeah. and we have to treat each other yeah. on the same Yeah. How way we want to be treated. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I hope that's true for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, over the last three days, I think we've really enjoyed our, our, our mutual discussion uh, around this. And I've really, really enjoyed the fact that you're, you're, you're in an arena, you've got Hollywood stars as clients, You've got some of the most highfalutin uh, attorneys in the United States as clients. And, and folks, we're talking about contracts here that are delivering seven figures. <laughs> and, and yet, even amidst that profile there, you're still questioning, does it ultimately bring meaning and purpose to my life as it could and perhaps as it should. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that despite the millions, <laughs> you can be questioning that, uh, that journey, you know, questioning whether there's another pathway that might actually be worth more. You know. no. I'm just aware, buddy, that we're probably heading towards, you know, <laughs> around about, you know, the, the to, hour commitment. Well, you got to get on your next flight. <laughs> so, but I'm also aware <laughs> that having given you the opening questions, and boy, didn't you take full advantage of that? Uh, and then I've sort of like taken it back. I think we should finish on a question each. So mindful of your audience, and I'll be mindful of my audience. Um, let's ask one final question each. Should you lead or? Um, no, you go first. I'll, okay. I'll think about it a little okay. way. My, my question is, is a person that is really connected with the joy of life, a person who loves pe people, a person who in more moments than others just doesn't seem to get rocked. They just 
a living joy, living happiness. Now, I don't know whether such a person exists, you know, um, but you know the, the, the description that I'm giving you. How would you recognise them? What would you see in them that you would say, ah, oh, that's one of those yeah. ecstatic people? That's a good question. What would you see? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I think the easiest way to say that is um, in the midst of a, a stressful situation, yeah. a pressure yeah. of some sort, um, you can easily tell when somebody reacts, how they react yeah. is what's inside. Yeah. I remember it was some That's interesting. author said, you know, hey, when you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Yeah. Orange juice, orange right? Juice, yeah. But, yeah. you know, same with a person. You squeeze them. Yeah. You're going to get the real juice. Right. You yeah. know what comes out. Yeah. If it's negative and it's yeah. hateful. Yeah. Guess where you are? Yeah. You know, you need to change that. You yeah. need to, when somebody squeezes you, yeah. you got to laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, love and love them. That's that's what we're looking for. Yeah. You know, so, of- so what I, such a person who is really living authentic joy, even under some pressures, you're likely to still see a calm, uh, um, their juice. Yeah, just- <laughs> their juice being still a relaxation, still a um, an in-controlness of, of, of their joy and that happy demeanour. Yeah. Right. yeah, I think it's a very good explanation. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Calmness. that's interesting. Because yeah. I, know, I know there are times, and I, I, I hate catching myself when this happens, just a couple of times I just find myself going up on the assertive scale when I'm under a stress or a strain, you know, and I, and, and, and I reflect immediately. I become aware of it almost immediately and I wow. don't enjoy that surfacing. It's not, a, it's not an aggressive, aggressiveness. Okay. It's just an assertion. So do you have a tool that you use and, and you're able to uh, pull tool, yourself back you know, in? The tool is just becoming at the moment an awareness that it's happening and saying, That's you enough. know what, yeah. I don't desire to be that, don't desire to be that person. So that awareness. That's enough for you. But that's enough. Yeah. That's enough for me. And then, and then you've got to let go of the emotion that that actually stirred. And I love that period after that rise in emotion, that assertive emotion, where I've got to let go. I've got to learn to let go of that. How do I swing back? Into a loving, joyful Bernie. Right. That is, and that is a, excuse me, that's a bloody good journey. That one. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's uh, where I'm fascinated in what you recognise, but I'm also fascinated by recognising in myself that that juice isn't always as sweet. Yeah. And I'm yeah. really, really keen to to learn how to make the stress juice a little sweeter. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the, thank you for the awareness. Yeah. Hey, uh, how you doing on time? Yeah, my well, how well? I'm about to wind this up, but oh. don't. I've asked you. It's my question back to. Is it? Yeah. I asked you. Now you. <laughs> it's oh. your question to me, isn't it? Yeah. You got to finish. Yeah. That's not the question. How you going for time? <laughs> 
damn it. Um, Give us your last question. Mindful of your audience, because I really want to serve them. It'd be really great if they went, oh, I finally got something out of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. um, Sure. Okay. My final question, Bernie. Better be a doozy. Well, (laughs) no pressure. Um, Considering that you've worked with so many organizations in your lifetime, um, you've had the opportunity to see firsthand um, people connecting, people experiencing uh, um, good value for human companionship or lacking thereof. Have you seen anybody um, or organizations that had special interest in mind and their integrity wasn't quite the way you thought it should be? And let me think about this. How would you, <laughs> how would you change that direction if you could? I know there's a lot to yeah, unpack okay, there. Yeah, but yeah. Well, well, okay. Well, this is the whole next podcast, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell two stories, and um, one of them actually involves um, the lawyers hmm. that were involved in the mediation of my divorce. Hmm. How long ago? Six years. Oh, okay. Six years. Hmm. Yeah. And because of the circumstances of the divorce and my reaction to it and my response to it, I can let you know now that there wasn't one piece of communication from me Mm -hmm. um, to my family. Hmm. that didn't end in the words, love to you. Let's find peace in this decision. Hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I remember my divorce lawyer who I had to pay $500 an hour Hmm. telling me clearly that I was not to write (laughs) such sentiments. Hmm. And so I'm not naive to understand why she would say that. Um, This is my divorce lawyer. Uh But I also remember thinking that the values that are existing in this transaction at that moment were only values that were going to create lack of attachment, lack of connection, lack of understanding, lack of acceptance, they were just going to create lack of, but maybe more money out of the mediation. I was going to say, just a non-currency issue. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember looking my lawyer in the eye and just saying, you can ask that as many times as you like, but I'm going to let you know that won't change what I think is right mm. to do. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that's my, my first story. Brilliant. My second story is 
And this will be funny for, for those from the States that may listen to this podcast because I took along a partner of a legal firm to a game of AFL football, <laughs> our, perhaps our dominant number one sport in Australia is this code of football that just belongs to Australia. It's not like football soccer. It's not rugby. It's like a Gaelic Irish football, oh. hand passing, kicking, running, Australia. powerful athletics, Australian rules, rules yeah. it's called. Yeah. ESPN. And we went to a game, Brisbane Lions versus Melbourne Demons. Okay. Right. And I remember having these great discussions with my client, who was a partner of a legal firm at quarter time. There was a break in the game mm -hmm. and we were having a beer mm -hmm. during the game and we were discussing life <laughs> as two clients do, two right. good friends. Even though we were clients, we had good connections, you know. Right. Anyway, wind the clock on to three-quarter time and I looked over at Richard. No one will know who Richard is. It's okay. But his name was Richard. I looked over at Richard and at three-quarter time, the bugger is crying. I mean, the partner of a legal law firm, my guest for the night, crying at three-quarter time. Tears rolling down his cheeks. How many beers? <laughs> Not enough. Not enough to have that, okay. <laughs> but I turned around to him. I said, Richard, I said, what's up? I said, we're only behind by five points. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we've got a really good chance of winning this one. <laughs> and he says, he looked across me and he says, no, you bugger. He says, it's something that you said at quarter time. And he said, I've just realised that I'm the partner of a major legal firm in this country. Mm -hmm. And yet, I don't know whether my 21-year-old daughter still loves me. Wow. And the point of <laughs> the story is he didn't know because somewhere in his personal life and his professional life, I would suggest there was a values incongruency, mm. a values disconnect. Whoever he was professionally, whoever he was personally, it could not guarantee him something that ultimately, as he matured as a human being, became far more important to him. And that importance was the love of his daughter and his family. Yeah. And I would suggest that the values that belong to that set, they aren't, they're not compromisable in any workplace. Right. And so the key is yeah. whoever you want to be as a human being, you can't compromise those right. just because it's a multi-million dollar contract. Otherwise, you're compromising yourself. Exactly. Oh, happy living fella. Happy living person. You know, I, I got a third story here and it's, uh, I'm, I'm, it's maybe inappropriate. Here I go. Uh, Coming back to that divorce lawyer, really, I'm quite convinced that one of her roles was just to keep this divorce mediation going so she could meet budget. 
I'm going to add, throw something in. It's by no, I don't believe it's by any coincidence. She passed away about two years later, a very young person. And I believe that it had something to do with the stresses and the strains that come with values compromise. Brilliant. I don't know whether it's brilliant, pal. And please, if I've offended anybody in, in what I'm oh, saying it's, here, it's your observation. It's my observation, yeah, yeah. which mm. only makes it my observation and my interpretation, folks. But maybe it's just worth a contemplation. The values of who you are. Oh, my God, and how much have I been challenged to live this journey? They are not compromisable. And furthermore, here's the challenge. Live them every moment. Not every day. Not every hour. Can you live them in the moment? Hey, buddy. Thank you so much. What a joy. Namaste. <laughs> Can I just thank you for allowing me to be part of your thank podcast you. is called? Get in the game. Get in the game. So, folks, look it up on Spotify, Apple. Everything, yeah. Yeah, all yeah, of them, yeah. yeah. Mine's called A Journey with Bernie. And uh, I'd, I'd like I, to thank any of those, particularly those newbies who might hear this from your side of the fence and say, I better have a listen to further episodes of A Journey with Bernie. Hey, by the way, podcast number 25 on my side of it, it's an absolute ripper. Okay. Um, you yeah, know, I got to listen to that. that you, hey, you shout that in the pal. No, sorry, no, no. They're, they've been they've been really fascinating. The ones I did with the two doctors about their ethos around how they deliver medicine to to people wow. versus Western medicine. Wow, there's some learnings okay. there about the different that's a different approach. That's a different episode. Yeah. Hey. Thank you, folks, for the, being a part of Journey with Bernie. Journey with Bernie and get in the game. Get in the game. <laughs> Cheers, folks. Bye. Well, I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. Folks, I loved it. Contact and connection details of today's podcast guest and any references to resource materials, books or educational sources, they can all be found in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks. And also be aware that our guests would welcome hearing from you. Now, for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to Nepal and those glorious Himalayan trek trails either this October or in April of 2023. It's great to have you on board. I am so thrilled. Can you imagine it? You and I walking to Everest Base Camp together or summiting Nepal's highest trekkable peak, Mount Mera, at 6,400 metres or just absorbing the beautiful Gokyo Lakes. It's all available to you, folks. Just give me a call on plus six one. 412-982-444. It would be great to walk in that environment with you. Hey, dear people, thank you for joining us. Embrace the journey, hey? Just love the journey of life. And just remember...